Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, April 9th, and this is your FT News Briefing. First, some large foreign banks based in the U.S. might need to hold more liquid assets thanks to a proposal by the Federal Reserve. Next, the Swiss drugmaker Novartis is limiting its spending on takeovers. The FT talked to the company's CEO about streamlining its business. Then, scrapbooking website Pinterest plans to hit the stock market. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Foreign banks in the U.S. might have to bulk up their liquid assets thanks to a regulatory shakeup proposed by the Federal Reserve on Monday. The changes would reduce capital requirements and the frequency for stress tests for many institutions to once every two years. That would help out banks such as Santander and BNP Paribas. But the proposals would also tighten liquidity rules, possibly for lenders such as Barclays, Credit Suisse, and Deutsche Bank. The amount of liquid assets foreign banks would have to hold would depend on how big their U.S. subsidiaries are and the riskiness of their activities. Novartis CEO Vasnir Simon says the Swiss drug company is going to limit spending on mergers and acquisitions to about 5% of its stock market capitalization. In an interview with the FT, Neurosimmons said the move was aimed at boosting total shareholder returns while streamlining Novartis into a more innovative medicines company. For example, Neurosimmons announced the goal just as Novartis prepares to spin off its eye care subsidiary, Alcon. The move to focus on its core business of drug development is meant to place Novartis ahead of its competitors. The drug company has in recent times lagged behind its big pharma peers when it comes to total shareholder returns. Pinterest says it's seeking a valuation of up to $11.3 billion when it lists on the New York Stock Exchange. That's below the level after its most recent private share sale, which valued the company at $12 billion in 2017. The scrapbooking website will look to raise as much as $1.3 billion from Wall Street investors. A regulatory filing shows that Pinterest plans to sell 75 million shares at a range of $15 to $17 each. The so-called down-round IPO for the San Francisco-based company could be an ominous sign for Wall Street's interest in new tech listings. In the next few months, there should be a series of big-name initial public offerings, including one from Uber. And here's a closer look at one of today's big stories. It's fair to call the campaign for the Israeli elections leading up to this point dramatic. You've got a prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, facing a possible indictment for corruption. And then there's his main rival, Benny Gantz, who seems to have had a Cinderella story. After just three months in the public eye, he's turned this campaign into a neck-and-neck race with Netanyahu. So what can we expect out of today's Israeli elections? Will Netanyahu win a historic fifth term? If he were to be defeated today, it would be the end of perhaps the most successful right-wing career of a prime minister in this country. Mihul Srivastava is the Israel correspondent for the FT. He brought right-wing politics into the national forefront, inheriting this from previous right-wing pessimistic leaders who had mistrust of the Arab neighbors and were seeking um, a position of strength for the country. In the 10 years that he's been premier most recently, he has succeeded in that. Were he to be unseated, it would be a rejection in a way of the extremes of the right-wing politics that he has to pursue in order to keep a coalition in power. He has allied with a party that is openly racist, had one of its members banned from being in these, uh, these elections for inciting violence against the 20% Arab uh, minority in this country. So you have a very successful right-wing uh, prime minister who has to play to the extreme rights of Israeli 
Israel's political landscape in order to hold together a coalition. I read something from one of your recent articles about the election. You wrote, even during a period of intense scrutiny by the nation's tabloids, Mr. Gantz has remained inscrutable, a blank canvas upon which a substantial chunk of voters can project their loathing of Mr. Netanyahu's belligerent style. So what is it about Gantz that's appealing? Is it is it just that he's not Netanyahu? No, Mr. Gantz's campaign is three, four months old, but he was in, in the works for several uh, years before that. He was the chief of staff of the Israeli military. He's required by law to have a cooling off period before he's able to join national politics. And the decision amongst his aides appears to have been that the, the coalition, the, the, the kind of alliance that he's built with a the party that's focused on middle-class secular voters and his military background and the fact that he's brought two other chief of staffs to uh, the table will be enough to present a uh, viable alternative to Mr. Netanyahu on questions like security and questions like the economy. He himself is rather, I wouldn't use the word uncharismatic, but he doesn't say much. And in Israeli politics, that's possibly an asset because the minute you open your mouth, the right wing successfully paints you as weak, left, etc. if you have a policy that even slightly involves territorial compromise. How has corruption played a role in this election? So Mr. Netanyahu has been under investigation by the police here in Israel for more than two years on allegations that he has become too cozy with some of his wealthy friends, that they traded favors in order to get an audience with Mr. Netanyahu and see if they can uh, get some favors done. The police have recommended that he be indicted on three separate cases. The attorney general has said he intends to indict Mr. Netanyahu, but that's where the process stopped as these elections kicked off. In a few months, Mr. Netanyahu will have a possibility of appealing whether or not he ought to be indicted. So if he wins today, you now have a prime minister who's facing a multi-year journey through the courts here, which are um, strongly independent, but also are seen as an object of his attack, an object of his derision. So you're setting up a major battle between the right-wing forces of this country and an independent judiciary that has shown itself to be quite activist. What should we be looking out for in today's vote? Well, the way Israeli elections work, we're not going to see any results till about midnight here. By around 11 p.m. locally, there'll be exit polls that'll tell us which party has won how much, except that's not the answer to the question of who's going to be prime minister. The question is who can form a coalition. Both uh, Benny Gantz's party, Blue and White, and uh, Mr. Netanyahu's party, the Likud, are about neck to neck, about 30 seats each in a 120-seat parliament. They have to get to 61 before they can form a coalition. And so far, the smaller right-wing parties appear likely to garner enough seats to get Mr. Netanyahu over the finish line before Mr. Gantz can. You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com. Today, we'll be following Theresa May. She'll be meeting with Angela Merkel and Emmanuel Macron ahead of tomorrow's emergency EU summit. Downing Street is concerned about Mr. Macron's tough approach to the UK's continuing membership of the EU. We'll also be watching American denim maker Levi Strauss. The company will report its first quarterly earnings since returning to the public markets. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor. What's a mistake they made that changed their approach? 
And how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.